frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the Marks, healing from Labour, weighing in at 178 pounds. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, uh, and host of the show. And with me, a man who dropped so many names in wrestling, he considered changing his Twitter handle to Gary Name Drop. Instead, he's got a new one, Gary Wrestling. Follow him if you want. It's the one and only Gary Cassidy. Hello, how's it going? I actually did seriously consider sticking Name Drop in there just for a laugh. But yeah, I was like, no, I'll, I'll get completely slated more than I normally do. Live so. the brand, Gary, <laughs> live the brand. Uh, and Alex is off this week, Big Alex is off, but we've got a cracking substitute for you. He's been on the headline show, now he's on the marks, the conscious of ICW, the biggest small man in Scottish wrestling, Mr. Christopher Toll. that my trips? How you doing, Chris? Yeah. Thank you very much for getting involved, mate. Appreciate you coming off the subs bench. Getting your wrestling nous involved. It's good to see you, mate. Good to see you. Uh, So, Gary, right, let's go back to name dropping. Who have you been speaking to this week? I'm just going to put an explosion every time you drop it. (laughs) No, firstly, I want to to say that it's nice to, no Barry and Alex here or us too, but it's nice to have somebody that actually knows what they're talking about on uh, on this show for a change. I wouldn't speak too soon, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is taking a bump, not like us, Mark, Aye. you know. Someone is actually taking exactly. a bump. <laughs> right, so go on. With actual wrestling credentials. Yeah. Um, so, I can't remember because obviously in this time of lockdown, weeks are blending into one. But it's fine name dropping again people that you might have heard last week. So even if I overlap, who cares? I'll do it anyway. Um, So Drew McIntyre, obviously, but I think we heard that last so people know about that one. Um, Bobby Lashley, uh, Epico Cologne um, was one. And Triple H, I'll put him second last because I believe we've got the audio of the other one on this very show. And that is Charlotte Flair. We do. We're going to be playing the, your questions that you put to Charlotte. How, you got three questions into Drew last week. How many questions did you get into Charlotte? <laughs> well, I'm glad um, we went for Charlotte Flair instead of Triple H. Triple H, I got one question in. Charlotte Flair, I got two questions in. So, minimal, but quality or quantity, that's, uh, that's well, what I like. So, what you're telling me is that as in real life, as in wrestling, Charlotte Flair kicked out too. so aye well good well wait as I say every week it's no it's all about the sizzle no the sausage so we can actually build this show as wrestling daft marks with Charlotte Fair because we've got two questions (laughs) with her so listen it works for me you know Uh, card subject to change and all that Um, Chris you've got a couple of name drops as well I believe you were talking to Mr Rockstar Spud Drake Maverick himself this week, weren't you? You're good pals, aren't you? My buddy, well, that's actually why I'm wearing this shirt, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I, I put it on Twitter. I say, should I, should I spend 90 quid on this shirt? The next thing I get a phone call and it's Spud. I, I, need your, I need your size and I need your address. I'm saying, but what are you that for? He says, it's my mates that make these shirts. Two days later, the shirt comes through the post. Boy, save me 90 quid. What a guy, yeah? Yeah, there you go. Just for the listeners uh, listening on the podcast, Chris is wearing a rather smashing NWO pattern shirt. Um, so it looks good, mate. I like it. I like it. 
I'm taking. I'm never taking it off. I feel like Tony fucking Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about uh, Spud, have you spoke to him on the wake of obviously what went on last week? I have, mate. Yeah, I've I've spoke to. I've actually been in contact with him the whole time through since. Well, as you know, we're mates, you know, but uh, yeah. when he get released, I contacted him straight away. I was like, listen, we've got an opportunity here. If you manage to do it, even if you don't get re-signed by WWE, then you're going to be the hottest thing in wrestling if you can manage to carry this over social media, the whole social media thing and stuff like that. And everybody was talking about him. Everybody was talking about him. Yeah. And what he told he, he actually sent me a picture of these release papers and everything. Do you know what I mean? So I know for a fact that it wasn't a work to begin with. It definitely wasn't a work to begin with. So, um, And he swore to me, and he swore down to me, and I trust him. You know what I mean? I think yeah. um, he either found out at the point where we all found out, or he found out very close to the point where we all found out. You know, I don't I don't think he was working because, I'd, let's be honest, it would be, it would be in poor taste that they might that have lost their jobs. Yeah. You know, it would be in poor taste. So, I, I don't think he I don't think he was working there at all to be honest with you. There, there has been a bit of backlash uh, online about that, you know. Gary, you spoke to I mean Leo Rush's kind of was quite, you know, came out about the subject and stuff. You, I mean, you spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. What do you make of the whole the whole situation, Gary? What the what's happened? I well, um, on the conference call with Triple H, uh, the one before the one that I. I was on, he actually got asked about it. I believe it was Sean Ross Sapp for Fightful that asked him about it. Um, but obviously, anybody was going to jump at the question. Yeah. He did say that, the like what Chris has just said, uh, the release was legitimate. Uh, what he said was that they felt that because of the amount of backing he got, the reaction he got, that, you know, why would you no jump on that kind of story and make it a feel-good story, like a much-needed feel-good story yeah. in, in the way that they did. Um, obviously, it did get a lot of backlash. You know, Leo Rush didn't like it. It's the kind of thing, you know, these, these storylines, I, I think everybody's going to react to it differently. Obviously, if you've been released, you might be a bit unhappy with it. But I think, you know, a lot of people are probably just going to see it for what it is. And that was a guy pulling his heart out and then being rewarded for it. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think it's the kind of thing that nobody will ever agree on. Yeah. Well, what I'll tell you is, see, he's one of the most honest and genuine people that I've met through wrestling. And there's absolutely no fucking way that he would lie directly to my face. Three yeah. times I asked him flat out. I just said, listen, is that a work? No, it's not a work. It's not a work. He said, I'll send you my, my release papers. I says, listen, sorry, I trust you. I think they've done it. No, yeah. so it's 100%. It, there's no way that that was a work from the beginning. No fucking way. I'm telling I mean- you that. The good news is it's just someone keeping their job in wrestling. You know, it's a shame, obviously, what's happened to, to all the other guys. They, they got released. Most of them are going to land on their feet, though. You, there's, there's those, also, all those guys uh, are so talented, you know? Listen, let's there's also one. another. Um, Leo Rush was on the road to get released anyway, purely Aye. for his attitude. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's he's obviously Oh, sorry. I was going to say the other thing is, if people do think it's a work, then Drake Maverick isn't own the same contract he was on before because the reason he was announced as a release is because it was a Raw superstar, um, and he's now on an NXT contract, which has a few different yeah. things. To, you know, um, the payment is slightly lower, but there's different little, you know, facets to it where if it was to be released now, 
it wouldn't have a 90-day non-compete, it'd have a 30-day non-compete. So it's definitely, you know, there is a legitimate contract change there, no matter what you think. So I think it's, there's no question that it was legitimate. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, talking about NXT then, um, did any check over out takeover at the weekend? I did, I watched it, mate. What I, did you I think? Really it, to be honest with you, I think uh, Devitt versus uh, Damien Priest was outstanding. What a match, man. Really, it's good to see Fergal being allowed to do more again. You know, yeah. and I think he had been down in NXT when he when he was on when he got moved on to Raw. Uh, when he moved to WWE, in fact, I think they can they curtailed his move set a fair bit. You know, um, he obviously had the big gimmick with the demon and stuff like that, and that got him over majorly. But if they had have let him wrestle the way that he wrestled when I watched him through the independence and and in Japan and stuff like that, he was so far removed from the wrestler that he was when he went to WWE, and then. For there on, when he's went to NXT, I think they've kind of loosened the reins a wee bit on him. And it's just shown you, I mean, like, that, that bump that, that Damien Priest took as well for the for the uh, apron onto the steel steps. Oh. He'll yeah. still be feeling that, the day, man, I'll tell you that. That that I, I see that spot as well with the the choke slam off the, the top, like balanced on the, the top. What a spot that was, I thought. Amazing, Mate, the whole match was tremendous. So was the back, uh, the the back lock bro. I love that's, that man. <laughs> that has a real mixed reaction um, yeah. from what I've seen online. Gary, what did you make of it? Again, I need to agree that the Finn Balor Damien Priest match for me. I think the women's match was my match of the night, but that one drove it very close. Uh, and and a lot of people said they're going Damien Priest needed the win. I don't think so. I think Finn Balor needed the win. I Aye. think. They need to re-establish Finn Balor being a proper top talent. And I think the loss didn't they, Damien Priest, any harm. It looked like a superstar. It looked brilliant. Uh, it was absolutely right, man. Yeah, this, this doesn't do any... Yeah, no, I, was, I, I thought it was decent. I mean, I was really, really surprised at how much they put carrying cross over Ch- Champa. That was the big surprise for me. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. See, carrying cross, I'm, I'm telling you, actually, now, you see if they continue, actually, the way they're continuing it. Yeah, the way it's going, he'll be the top heel champion on Raw. That uh, guy, he's, he's got something, definitely. I hadn't seen a lot of him before WWE, but him and Scarlett Bordeaux have immediately became interested in him, and he's tremendous to watch, man. No, I don't remember uh, NXT ever like so quickly packaging somebody so well. I feel like, you know, the music, the entrance, everything's just perfect about them. I think it's going to be really interesting because, I mean, everyone's talking, does, does that mean Champa is moving up to the main roster? I think it might be the other way around. I think they might just hop, hop shop, um, cross up into the main roster. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you, but what I want to see uh, Pete Dunne versus him first. Oh, aye. 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 <laughs> that would be tasty. That would be superb. It really would. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, good, decent, a decent event. We'll, we'll come over to Backlash and we'll have a look on to, to Backlash at the end of the show. Uh, but this week, as Gary says, we've got Charlotte on the show. Well, two questions asked of Charlotte this week. Uh, as he brings the goods to us once again. Um, on, we're on Fantasy Booking Island, and even though Alex is not here, um, he has set the booking for this week. We'll find out what that is on Fantasy Booking. Uh, Chris, you're going to have to be the judge. So basically what happens every week is we're set a Fantasy Booking. One of us sets a Fantasy Booking and it's one-on-one, mano to mano, and the other person gets to judge who's made the best booking. So we'll find out what that is 
from Alex in a bit. We'll be burying putting over stuff from the show this week. And this week, we've got a guest mark on with us as Jen Louise from ICW, Inside the Ropes and Cultaholic, among more stuff that she does. Uh, she's going to be joining us to, to be grading SmackDown this week. She chose SmackDown. I did give her the option of what she wanted to choose. <laughs> Um, so she's doing Smackdown and Gary will have all the news from the business but first is that point in the show where we like to cut a promo I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest right Gary pass that mic it's time to cut a promo right and then what I'd like to cut a promo on this week is alliteration now just <laughs> alliteration in general okay it's been a bugbear of mine for some, some time I think it really started hitting back to me First of all, the Murder Hawk monster in relation to Lance Archer and AEW. There you go, the Murder Hawk monster. Obviously, already we had the shittest moniker in wrestling with the Archer of Infamy for fucking Damien Priest, right? And now we have the poisoned fucking pixie, fucking Candice LeRae. So much to the point that she's now coming with fucking wings on her back when she comes out. Now... I get alliteration, right? I, you know, I've worked in the radio game for years and years, and you know, the what the one thing you always do is, does it sound good? You alliterate, or oh, it makes it makes everything sound better. In this case, though, they're just doing it to take the piss. You know, it's like <laughs> the poisonous pixie. What are they going to come up with next? You know, fucking the vicious viper. I just I don't understand why everything needs to alliterate when it comes to someone's moniker. The Belfast ball bag. You know, it's just like taking two words. They just, did, that's they tell, did they fail? They do have the Belfast brawler. For they, do, they, they do. The Belfast brawler. They just no, no, no. I mean, uh, Fit no. Findlay. Fit Findlay, sorry. And, and they also have the, the brute for Belfast as Kelly and Dane as the well. Brute, they, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I think what they do in WWE Creative HQ is basically go, right, you, you there, right, you just write me a whole bunch of adjectives over there, and I'll just write a whole bunch of nouns over here. Right, so today we'll go R. The word is R, right? So let's write a whole bunch of adjectives written R, and then we'll just write a whole bunch of nouns written R, and then just pull them out until they find one. The rapist of Rotherham. Honestly, Chris, that's what it is. So this week, cutting a promo on alliteration in wrestling. There you go. So it's uh, time to talk about Patreon. We want you to put your hand into your pocket and give us a bit of your cash for extra content from Wrestling Daft. If you know what Patreon is, it's a subscription service where you sign up to a monthly fee. You pay that, we'll give you loads of stuff for free. And on our Wrestling Daft Patreon, there are three tiers. First tier, tier one at patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. You will be the cruiserweight champion. That's about three bucks a month. Cost a, I was going to say it cost a, a pint, but then you can't even go out and buy a pint. So cost of whatever you can shite you can get off Amazon while you're in lockdown. Um, Patreon-only chat community, you'll get there. You'll get ad-free versions of all episodes. you get early episode access, bonus content from the show, a full video version of this very podcast so you can see Chris Toll's wonderful NWO shirt. Uh, and you get to vote on what you want to see on the list of Wrestling Daft for Rab and Grado on the headline show. Tier 2 
IC Champ, $10 a month, about £7. Uh, you get a video version of the headline show with Rab and Grado each week. You get an invite to our Patreon pay-per-view parties. I was, we were considering having one for TakeOver, but then we thought, fuck it, we can't be arsed. Uh, but we will be doing another one very soon. That's always a good laugh. We'll get drunk in. That's, a, that's a good way to punt it, John. I know. <laughs> uh, bonus episode, however, you can get bonus episodes galore. You can get that by signing up to tier two. Uh, we, me, myself and Gary, we sat down and we did a report card on AEW. Did one year of AEW report card. That is up there on the Patreon now. You can hear that. Really interesting chat on that. And it's happened. It has happened. We recorded chapter one of It's Yourself, McGregor's story, his journey from beginnings to that debut in ICW. That is going to be up there this weekend. So you'll be able to get that. Tier two, tier three, heavyweight champion, $20 a month. We will get live events on the go at some point. And you'll get free tickets for that on there. If you sign up for three months, you get a free wrestling daft t-shirt design of your choice plus the chance to come on this very show as one of our guest marks so if you fancy any of that check it all out all the details are up right now at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft as we'd love to welcome you to our wrestling daft roster So every week we look at the, the good and the bad from the big wrestling shows as we bury and put over all the things from them in uh, with us this week. We've only got Chris Toll filling in for Alex. We've got a guest mark on the show. Listen, this girl gets birthday messages from Mick Foley. She works for Inside the Ropes. She's an interview for ICW. I would say she is the first lady of Scottish wrestling. It's Jen Louise. Oh, that's really nice, but I think Veronica's going to kick fuck out on now. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's a good point. That's good. Can I just, can I just re- retract that to the second lady, Jane? Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just happy to just be like, just random bird about Scottish wrestling. That's <laughs> random bird about Scottish wrestling. Uh, listen, thanks for coming on the show and you are taking the Smackdown bullet for us this week and you went <laughs> and looked at the show. Um, tell me, Jane, because... How did I'm looking in your background now and it's just wrestling memorabilia, all that sort of stuff. How did you get into wrestling and what, what drew you towards wrestling? To be fair, like the background's a bit of a like a kind of shrine to Kevin Owens, so I look like such a creep. I actually probably should have been in the room. Like. No, we, we weren't going to tell you, Jen, we weren't going to tell you, but please welcome to the show. Mr. Kevin Owens! <laughs> <laughs> you know the worst thing is I was literally about to take a wee drink and look at the blur. <laughs> Jen is holding up a Kevin Owens mug right now. Where in my life I was like, oh my goodness. Like I didn't even plan this and now I look like such a creep. So, <laughs> so basically I creeped my way into Scottish wrestling. <laughs> I, remember your, I remember your first day in ICW. You were like a fucking rabbit in the headlights, man. No, no wonder. Imagine just being thrown into that. Like I had no idea that I thought I was just going there to observe. I had no idea that that was like technically day one of the job, and I was like, Ugh! <laughs> like "To be fair, it was a huge show to get thrown out. It was Baramania, wasn't it? It was. Wow. It was. Were you were you on work experience or something? Generally, <laughs> <laughs> genuinely, what I feel like I should have been doing. Like it was. I mean, the best way they do say the best way to learn is to get flung in, but. I mean, that show was wild, like, actually so wild. And then to just, you know, 
<laughs> just get flung in and then of course I'm in this locker room where everybody's just like who is this random like terrified looking bird like in the corner just like <laughs> so like I made an impression anyway so <laughs> had, you, had you been had you been a uh, massive ICW fan or was before all that and had been going to the shows and and that's what got you in, to, in the door I've been to like a few of the shows um like I wasn't I won't lie I wasn't like a pure religious like um I know that Veronica she used to be like front and center at the shows before she got involved um I'd only been to a couple um to be honest just out of sheer ignorance of like really knowing that it was going on um I was kind of my wrestling uh, fandom was very very like I've always been a very WWE girl um so I was just strictly loyal to that really I mean I did have the occasional like flirtation or thing with TNA back in the day <laughs> but we don't talk about that wee dirty affair but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I was really really ignorant to like independent and um, local scenes um, so I'd been to a few shows um, especially when obviously Drew had come back and it was like that kind of put it on the map for for me really um, but it was, I sound so boring and so rubbish, um, but it was like, I actually know Big Dunk, who's one of the promoters like for ICW, so um, he'd actually, I'd arranged like a big night out um, for all the people that used to go to the Caddy back in 2005, just to get like a big reunion thing, and he was there and he was like, oh, you like wrestling, why don't you come and do this? And it was just like a kind of like drunken chat, which actually... You know, you get those chats when you're all like out and about and you're like, yeah, we'll do this. It'll be amazing. And then he kind of followed up on it. And I was a bit like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was it. That's, that's, that's exactly how I got into wrestling on home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how everyone ends up there. Nice thing ever. Just like get pissed and you're in. Buy a round. Buy a round and you get a contract. <laughs> <laughs> so as well as ICW, Jen, you've been involved. You've been involved with Kenny McIntosh and in, in Inside the Ropes and you've obviously I see on your Twitter you're, you've met some of the biggest names in wrestling as a result of it come on give us some backstage stories from that oh no like I can't like so who have you, who have you you've done Mick Foley Heyman hey, what was Heyman like Heyman was like the best like he was now I, I will tell you a wee story about Heyman like so like before the Heyman show was announced or booked or anything like that, um, Kenny and I had gone for a drink. So Kenny and I were pals and we'd gone for a drink and he was talking about ideas, possible show ideas and he was throwing out some names and he was like, is there anyone that you think would be cool? And I was like, do you know, Paul Heyman would be class. And he just pure ran with it. And Kenny McIntosh being the absolute, like, I don't know, powerhouse of like booking that he is, managed to pull it off and it was like how could you do this um and it was amazing and he was what a gent like what a gent he was so brilliant um I've got an amazing picture backstage where he's got his fingers up my nose like uh, <laughs> i don't know why he kept calling me boogers like for the full tour because he made me laugh in manchester and i happened to be sitting right like the way i was sitting like in the, the comedy store I was on stairs, so I was like front and center, and he could see me. And he said something, and he made me laugh. And I was taking a drink, and I was like, "Go oh, like that!" And he was like, "Oh, she's just snotted everywhere." And then, of course, everyone in Manchester started around, like, "Oh, Jen's disgusting!" And I was like, "I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> 
so I was called Biggers for the rest of the show, which was there you great. go, there you go. But I must say, I, I went to that show, on, that show on the uh, ABC, the Paul Raymond show, and mm-hmm. we went back, we went backstage and met him and stuff like that. And he is just such a fucking nice guy, man. Wasn't right. he just so amazing? Like just so on, like I mean, he's like everything you would expect Paul Heyman to be. Like he's constantly working. The room, like he's just a pro, an absolute pro. Love him. He does, he does show a lot of interest in you, though. You know, oh, what no, I mean? like, like genuine interest in what you're talking about him and stuff. And totally. was... in fact, do you know that the remember the big scandal when Brock was like with the the drugs, um, like the yeah. test result for mm-hmm. USC? We were there when he took that phone call. Really? Oh. There you go. And do you know where we were? We were in the steak and cherry, and his phone rang, and he was like, "I need to take this." Wow. <laughs> What? And that was what the news was. I need to take this. It's probably isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. That's, that's what I'm like when I'm out and fucking Dallas phones me or something. Right, sorry, I need to take this. Mark Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, thanks for coming on, Jen. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll go see the buddies and putovers from the shows then, will we? And uh, do you know what, Chris? Let's kick off as we normally do with AEW from last week. What are your buddies and putovers from Dynamite? Right, so where do I go for first? Do I go for buddies or do I go for putovers? You can choose. I see the more positive. Start with a positive and then be a positive. Do a sandwich. Right, right, okay. I like this. I like the mixing up of the mess. We don't normally do this, but as your guest, let's go for the shit sandwich all the way. I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for that. So you're going to start with a negative, then positive, negative, positive. I'll go positive, negative, negative, positive. Right. Okay, start with your first like, like over my sexual, Like my sexual health test results. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, uh, so first one, I'm going to put over Sammy Guevara. I, yeah. I, I never, I've not bothered with AEW. Right? I've not bothered with it, I'm going to be honest with you. My wee boy watches it religiously, and he keeps on talking about Sammy Guevara, but any time he talks about somebody, I straight away go, I bet you this guy's going to annoy the life out of me. Right, but I watched AEW this week and we sat and we watched it all and he's brilliant, man. Yeah. He's fucking brilliant. He's so funny. He's got his character to an absolute T and he can obviously wrestle with fuck as well. You know what I mean? So I'm putting over Sammy Guevara first of all. You're in good company. This is basically the Sammy Guevara fan club on this show. <laughs> the show. The, the boy is the bumps. He's uh, Chris. You've got to go back onto YouTube and check. Check. Have you seen the golf cart bump? Mate, I've watched it since. Yeah. I've watched. I've watched a lot of his stuff since we watched AEW. Yeah. I watched the big uh, the match on the American football pitch and all that. Oh, you, oh, stadium stampede. Oh, uh, it was great, man. It really was great. The whole, the whole. I love this guy, and I can see him going all the way. Yeah, I can see him going the full way. Um, I'm gonna go away. I'm gonna bury private party. Right, this is a diet coke version of the street profits, and it's a poor, poor effort at it. I'm sorry, but the, there's no redeeming qualities here. I watched them. The backstage stuff in Matt Hardy was fucking cringeworthy, and then. When they get in the ring, there was about 14 different botches during the match. And I just, honestly, I've no went back and watched any more of their stuff. I'm only judging them on this show. Right? But, nah, man. No having it. 
Well, they've got a cracking entrance tune, but... <laughs> I've seen loads, loads of people have had cracking entrance tunes and been absolute drizzling shit at rest. <laughs> right, so uh, I'm going to go with the next one here. Jen, you're not going to like this one either, Phil. I'm burying Colt Cabana. Oh! You can't do that on wrestling daft. That's Gredo's part. <laughs> I know, I know. And I text Gredo and told him I was going to do it. <laughs> I, I wasn't impressed. Wait. Did you get a text back? Listen, oh, don't be so fucking self. I don't know why. <laughs> and, no, and again, this is only on this show, right? Colt Cabana, I've, I've worked on shows with Colt Cabana and stuff like that before. I think he's a great guy, but I'm burying his performance in this match against Jericho. He was too, he was too cartoonish when he should have been a wee bit more serious in this particular match. Right. All right, Jenny, that's all right. Is that uh, a good reason? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, uh... Right. Okay, and my, my next put over is a guy who ashamedly, ashamedly, I'd never heard much of before, and it's Hangman Page. <gasps> this guy is unreal. Amazing. It, it reminds me, he's, a, he's a going to laugh at me here, right? But it reminds me a uh, big fucking TA, Magnum TA. Magnum, oh, yeah, I, I can see that. The Magnum TA um, going back. He's, he's definitely a throwback to the old school wrestling days, man. And she just the character. I'm a drunk and I just like to fight. It kind of reminds me a wee bit of Stone Cold and I, I'm totally sold on that shit, man. But again, I went back and watched the, the Stadium Stampede match. The, the guy comes in on a fucking horse. Puts <laughs> yeah. light, you know what I mean? Davey Blaze would be so jealous. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Honestly. But Hangman Page, another one that going on this show and some of the stuff that I've watched since, definitely going to the top of wrestling without a doubt. Without he, a shadow of a doubt. He's one for me that I think the best thing they've done with him was not put the title on him when they right. put it on Jericho instead. Because I think it's gave him that freedom to actually go out and be a star on his own right. And I think when he does get the title, he's going to be a brilliant champion in the future. Uh, he will be a brilliant champion and then that's going to open up to the, the feud with Omega. You know, mm-hmm. and imagine the matches that you're going to get out of that. The heel turn will be so bad. I, 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 listen, <laughs> this has been discussed in this show as well. I think Omega will be the one that goes heel as opposed <laughs> to Hangman. I think so too and I think it's going to be because they're setting the seed with the, the young bucks not liking Hangman and then Aye. it's going to eventually be Omega that fucks them. And yeah, young bucks are heel turn. Do you have a match of the night, Chris? Was there any match that stood out in particular for you? Any matches of the night in AEW? Yeah. Um, I, I, I quite, by the way, I quite like Brian Cage. I, I must admit, I know he's, I know it's, he's just like right back or one of these kind of right. muscle men, but they've done the right thing in putting him with Taz because, ta- you know what I mean, Taz, is, Taz has always been brilliant on the mic yep. and putting a good mouthpiece with Brian Cage. I like, I like it was only a wee, a wee match, but uh, I liked that, but Cody Rhodes and Jungle Boy was, was excellent. Yeah, it was so a really, really good match. Really, really good match. Chris, thank you very much for that on AEW. I will take NXT... Um, and I'm going to do. I'm going to go with your system because I like that. I like that positive, negative, negative, positive thing. So we're going to go with that okay. system. Well done for introducing that, guys. Thanks very much. The shit sandwich. If nothing system. else, if nothing else, we've got, a, 
There's West a lady in you too. What were yeah. they? <laughs> Thanks for that. Well, I'm going to start with the putover. My first putover is the return of Breeze Angle to television. I love this shit. I love Breeze Angle. I love everything they do. I just hope they get back to that heyday stuff when they were they were doing all the comedy stuff with the you know the skits backstage and dressing up as the queen art and all that sort of stuff because it's just brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. You know, it's, it was a big surprise when they got dropped down to NXT because they were just so good on screen. I think they were, I think it was they they were underused. They were un- underused. They got lost in the shuffle at that time. I just yeah, thought. they got lost in the shuffle, and but they were so entertained. So yes, they're back. We love did, that. Did Fandango not get an injury and that's kind of why they went off to Tyler Breeze went back down and uh, yeah, aye. Um, <laughs> going to Buddy, my first Buddy is... I'm going to have to Buddy. I don't like the car key as a weapon thing. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's very unhygienic putting it in your trunks for a start. Uh, you know, I think in the, these times of uh, coronavirus... <laughs> Having a set of car keys in your trunks and then using them as an eye gouge, I don't think that's sending a good hygiene message in this day and age. So, yeah, but what you need to remember is the other option is ramming their eye into the corner of the stair. So, what's uh, quicker? What's quicker? That's true, that's true. Aye. But um, so on hygiene issues alone, Johnny Gargano's car key, because you did it at TakeOver as well. So, yeah, we'll bury that. Uh, my other buddy. Right, this my, come, we'll come on to the put over in a minute, so don't shout this out. My other buddy is the fact that Drake Maverick signed, signed that contract without actually looking through the contract. There could have been a <laughs> shitload. Of, he didn't. He didn't know what he didn't know what he was signing. Right, there could have been. You know, there's. He could have been signing his life away, man. He didn't know what kind of deal he was getting, and then he's just like at the end of. NXT Triple H hands on the contract, lovely moment, beautiful moment. But then she signs away. I'm just like, mate, get somebody to look over that before you sign away. I can I can tell you exclusively, he's on twenty pound a week. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what happens. That's what happens when you sign. I was just different. hoping for like a big cameo. Big Joseph Parks comes out there, and he's like, right, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, well, but I worry that you know, because you know, contracts should be taken seriously, kids. You know, um and. And the other put over that we're going to put over is obviously Drake retain, you know, getting that contract, you know, retain the service in WWE because you know the guy obviously leaves his heart out there, puts his heart and soul into it, and you know everything that's been said online and we talked about it earlier about you know there was a bit of a backlash and the fact they used it as storyline. Screw it, the guy's you know seems like a great guy, Chris. You know he's a great guy. And he's kept his job, so great for me. Well, listen, see at the end of the day, right? See when all of this happened, his one worry was, and he was he was pretty upset when he was when he was speaking to me about it. His one worry was he wasn't going to be able to live with his wife anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, the, really? He, he, I, he's got a conditional green card kind of thing. Oh, really? Jeez. And if if he lost his job and didn't get a didn't get a job with another American wrestling company. He would have had to have moved to the UK, and he's, he would have had to have left his wife behind. And mm-hmm. you know that's not an easy thing for anybody to have to face. So yeah. see the whole the whole emotion things about it, man. That a huge part of that was the fact that he was going to be able to continue his life, his family life. God, and, yeah. You know, he's just a 
he's just a great guy, isn't he, Jen? You, you've met him before as well, haven't you? He's just, he's just, I sound as if he's my boyfriend or something. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah, is genuinely such a such a great, great guy. There's not a bad bone in his body at all. Like he would do anything for you. He's such a good boy. Yeah. Just to add to that, I also um, it came out on Twitter right after he signed the contract. I can't sadly can't remember the name of the wrestler, but somebody put up that he'd you know he'd been going through a financial difficulty and Drake Maverick donated a big chunk of his pro wrestling tees money because obviously he'd released a couple of old t-shirts on pro wrestling tees. Apparently donated a big chunk of that to an indie wrestler. I think it was somebody from Australia. I sadly can't remember the name. Wow. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, again, blow smoke up his arse, but he, call, he called me to make sure that I was all right for money when all that shit started. So that, that, that's, that's, the, that's the sort of person he is, man. Honestly. Oh, what a guy. What Did a he never go to me once? Like, <laughs> 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 like, right, Jed Louise, let's come to you then and uh, we'll do your buddies and put over some SmackDown. Now, you said to me, you, you messaged me, I said, right, this is the situation for the show. We'll do, we usually do two buddies and two put over. I said, oh, can I only do one uh, uh, buddy because I, I don't like saying nasty things. So, yeah, you get just one buddy. You only have to do one buddy. Love the gimmick, you know. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I um I, I just I didn't even like so SmackDown obviously is kind of the, the least enjoyable I would say out of all the kind of WWE content just now. But saying that, I had such a really fun like I loved it. It was such a fun episode. So I'm gonna get my buddy out of the way because a, it's terrible, and B, it's like, I'm just getting it out of the way. So my issue was, um, it's Sonia Deville's pattern against Tate and Blondes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel victimised and don't like it. <laughs> so, no, and the thing is, she's all for equality and all that. Well, that's how, how dare she? How dare she? Exactly. I know, like, like she's a proper campaigner for, you know, rights for everybody, but no, apparently because you've got blonde hair, you're a Barbie doll, and you get more opportunities. Now, I don't know if that's strictly true, but like, <laughs> uh, I've had a good run, but it's... Uh, <laughs> did, did, you know, did you know get invited to work for ICW while you're out drinking one night? She's like, even like just when he zoomed in at that bit and she was like, I love 
love you, I love you to the very... See her trying to get that back. That's the Nikki Cross I want to see. Like the desperate, like getting her back to that sanity kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm buzzing for the future. You know there's going to come a point. <laughs> you know that there's going to come a point though, don't you? Where I know. Nikki and Alexa are no longer besties. Don't. I'm, I'm like not quite ready. I'm still not over this whole Kenny Omega heel turn thing. Like that could be happening. <laughs> Much uncertainty in my life right now, or in the world, so just let me enjoy this. Okay, <laughs> well, moving on to the good, like that was not one of my good points though, because even though I did enjoy it, I was like, you know, um, so my good points are number one, Mandy and Otis, just in general, in life. I love, love, love this storyline, and I love Otis so much. Um, just, I can't describe the, the pure just joy that I get watching him. Like, it's just so refreshing and so, I just love it. It's like a wee fairy tale that I've always wanted in wrestling that's, that's here. But <laughs> so, Jen, we all know what's going to happen there because it is wrestling and we all know that Mandy's going to turn heel on Otis. Come on, uh, man. I, I don't see it this time, man. I hope, I hope it's Otis that turns on her and it actually gets, because see the wee video package where she's like having the pure dream up, like, you know, she's like sleeping by the pool and she's the one that's all hot and flustered. I think <laughs> she turns into like a bit of a psycho and then he's like, oh, she needs to back off. Like, I, think, I think what they're going to do is, you know how they, like, they've said that they're going to cash in the money in the bank for the tag team titles? Yeah. I think, I think he's going to have to choose between Mandy and going for the tag team titles and I think you'll choose the tag team titles. Oh, oh. nice bit of booking that, Mr. Toll. Oh, Toll, what are you like? Your mind's a fantastic place. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So Mandy and Otis was my, my first thing, just absolute full love for that, more and more and more. Um, my second thing was, um, well actually God, I've written like five I thought they would jump out at me, but mm, okay. So second one, I'm going to go with the Daniel Bryan and AJ and their confrontation with Renee um, over the tournament for the Intercontinental. Um, Daniel Bryan, I just love, like, obviously being fellow vegan and all that, save the planet. (laughs) 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 I just love him. I do. (laughs) (laughs) no I do I just love him and I think see the way he speaks like something about obviously Daniel Bryan and AJ they have this like mental chemistry together um which just never gets boring for me never um so to see Daniel Bryan talk so passionately and obviously AJ is such a good like you know, that kind of, like, chicken heel where he's just, like, like, just, you know, you just want to rattle him. But, like, the, like, Daniel Bryan speaking so passionately and so, getting so hyped up about how he wanted to be, he wants to be the the champion who's there week after week, you know, defending this, how, you know, he wants the people who, he wants the new people, he wants the old people, he wants the reason he's doing it is for him, like, to better himself. I was sitting there and I was like, you, Daniel Bryan, are the absolute light in this life that we need right now. Um, like, that. he is. Don't oh, laugh at me. No, <laughs> no, no. I just, I just Jen, it's honestly, it's just a refreshing bit of positivity about SmackDown because that's what I, I love. I love it because 
we all we, we all come on here and just go oh, smart down what oh, shape was that but i just love it i love it you've got five things written down here that you're first to tell us honestly like i even found good in the jeff hardy like drunken thing like i actually was what, like wait a minute what are, they, are they doing a jeff hardy's a jake ball no, <laughs> no, <but laughs> that's exactly what vince wrote down on the on the spit seamus called him a junkie I was like, that took me, like, right, that hit me. And I was like, that's madness, Patter. Um, but the thing is, that was one of my good points, is, like, the heel, I know it's not cool to, like, a heel, but heel Seamus is great on the mic. So I was, like, proper excited about that. But we're not choosing that as my other one. Um, <laughs> You're reading them out, though. <laughs> She's getting five put-overs, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> My next one, which I've just done with like a big thing and like a big heart, is just biggie. <laughs> just, just biggie. <laughs> just, just love biggie. Like, and do you know what? See the way that the new day have like adopted Shorty G. Um, you know, after they saved him from getting bullied backstage by Mojo, and you know they they, they brought him out and they like pure championed him like. Actually, they're the tag team champions, and they're when they're coming out, they're like, Bring him out, come on, come on, like just putting him over so much. I was like, Yes, Biggie, do that, go, Kofi, go, all of you, new day, and rocks. Love so, it, love it. And what was the match of the night? You're the most excited person ever, <laughs> right? Can you pick a match of the night now? Now, you're going to have to pick one here, Jen. You're going to have to, um. I'm going to say, see, I loved Otis and Corbin just because Corbin's the best heel right now, um, in my opinion. Uh, but no, I'm going to go for the tag team uh, when the girls. That was it. Was amazing. It was a shock that for me that um, they t- they changed hands. Um, but if anything. It's really just built this whole big possibility and like the eventual devices. I'm sitting chomping at the bit for the, the Bailey Sasha thing to break up now because I think that's going to be really exciting uh, to see. So, that. I, hope, I hope they let them work the way they let them work in NXT. Yeah. Well. Bailey's just not been great just now. And I think Sasha's the, the character, she's the gimmick that's going to make her like mad pan. Like badass Pam, the the cool one. So. What do you think they're going to do? Do you think it's going to be Bailey that's the face or Sasha that's the face? Sasha. Oh, Sasha. 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 They can't. Aye. They can't turn Bailey too early. Nah, definitely Sasha. Thank you very much, Jen Louise. Let's go over to the world of Raw and Mr. Gary Cassidy. So I'm glad that uh, Jen only took one berry because I've got two, but they're both very, very weak. Um, so I'm going to do the same. We'll, we'll follow soon. Oh, and for I'll God's sake. One, I'll, put, I'll put one berry, two put-overs, and then another berry. John, I'm going to make you both very angry and very happy with them, but I'll, I'll leave that in the background. Right, okay, um, okay. So my, <laughs> my first berry, and this goes back to something I said a couple of weeks ago, but it's the lack of Liv Morgan after it was teased that it should be on the show. So on social media, Bailey was saying, oh, I've got a present for you and all that. And I'm going, oh, we're actually going to get a Liv Morgan-Bailey match. This will be brilliant. Um, and I've been saying that, you know, they built it up really well to begin with. They teased that, you know, big things for her really well. And then we get two 
really odd backstage promos where she was talking about her mum and stuff like that, which was fine, but I wanted to see her back in the ring. Um, that didn't happen. We didn't see her last night, even though she was tweeting out the watch me thing and we got the I've got a present for you thing. So it's like, oh, where's Liv Morgan? Um, so yeah, the lack of Liv Morgan is my biddy. I'll go to the, the put over. Actually, I've just went the wrong way about it. I'm doing a berry, then two put overs, <laughs> then a berry. I'm being uber this negative. Is a horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> like, so I mean, wait a minute, see the whole, see the whole Liv Morgan thing. Do you know what I think mean? it's a wee bit reminiscent of the. Uh, who was your Australian bird again? Emma. Emma Lena. Emma, Emma when, but she when, went to Emma Lena. Yeah. I she, hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> Ah, yeah, as, long, as long as she doesn't steal an iPod, she'll be fucking fine. <laughs> <laughs> what? She said sorry. Okay, then. That, that makes it okay. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to save myself here, and I'm actually going to go Barry put over, Barry put over, so I can end on a positive, because I don't want to be the uber-negative guy. So I'll try and save it. Um, so my first put over... I was going to go for, I'm, I'm going to cheat again, I was going to go for the way Asuka and Charlotte teamed up because I love a face-heel dynamic and a tag team, you know, the, the teasing that you're going to go for a tag and then pulling your hand away, I love all that. But something else in that match stood out to me, the Iconics, I think they're super underrated in how good they are at just yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Brilliant, they're absolutely amazing. I think they're great on the mic, obviously. I think a lot of people highly rate them on the mic, but they're amazing in the ring, so I was... It's, I keep saying it where it gets to the point where I'm like, it's got to be on me that I've not realised that they've been that good if they're surprising me time and time again. And last night was just one of those moments that I went, you're brilliant. So I, the iconics for me. But I'm, I'm going to go to the, the bury and then the put over. But sadly, I think this is going to be the wrong way around for making John angry. Um, a bury, my second bury is the fact they moved Shotzi Blackheart to a different part of the crowd. Because I think her... Uh, along with Casey Catanzaro and Rick Bugs have been amazing in the crowd. And I think I said this before, where I wanted them to make Shotzi Blackheart, the way we've got green t-shirt guy, make her younger. <laughs> I'm like, man, that would have been brilliant. Uh, but I, sadly, she was in a different, less visible spot. Um, but they still had a, there was a giffier doing the Asuka dance. So I'll take that as a wee point. Do you think that, that that's because, because she's so recognisable and she's so animated in the crowd that you're paying attention more to her? Do you think that's a conscious effort to be like, right, Shotzi, just can it, Janet? I don't know. I think what they've probably done is that because she's starting to get a wee bit of traction in NXT now with the whole, uh, what's the, oh God, this is terrible. I forget her name and I really like it. Tegan Knox? No, not Tegan Knox, the, the other girl, the, she's from oh, New Zealand. Dakota Kai. Oh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai, that's the one, Dakota Kai. Uh, like she wrecked her, her tank and stuff like that on, on NXT. And I think they moved her because they, they realised that she was on the screen so much. And she's meant to have just lost her mad wee tank and all that. So kind of, a wee bit of continuity for the yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. I love Shorty. I love shorts. I was surprised she was there to begin with just because she is so recognisable yeah. and everybody seems to love her. So I was surprised yeah. they put her there in the first place. Was the rock daughter not there? Yeah. Aye. Aye. And she's obviously training as well, but everybody knows who she is. So <laughs> they put if her anybody's going to take the show <laughs> they put her on at a belt at a time where it was two weeks ago when Raw was on at the same time as Titan Games in America, which is the Rock show, and they had her face to open up Raw as the first person in the crowd. Going, oh, that's deliberate. That's definitely deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the second uh, second put over, this is, you know, I, I just uh, appeased John by mentioning shots at the Blackheart. You're going to hate me, John. I am absolutely loving these Street Profits Viking Raiders segments now. What were they doing this week? Were they doing art? <laughs> right. Were they doing fucking archery this week? What were they doing? Were they doing crochet, like croquet? Were they doing crochet with each other? What What the fuck were they doing this week? They've been ten pin bowling. They've been fucking playing basketball. What have they got them doing this week? Go on, go on to playing marbles. Were they playing marbles? <laughs> Even better. <laughs> right, so I mentioned that a few weeks ago. Well, the thing that turned me here was all the Happy Gilmore references yeah. when it came to the, you know, the, the golf one. So we had a decathlon. I think you'll like this, John. They had a load of things. They had, like, you know, high jump, long jump, all that stuff. But in amongst that, they also had a turkey leg eating contest. But the, the thing that popped me, the best part, is they had a dance contest and Ivar danced to Fandango's theme. <laughs> who, who doesn't love that? John obviously does they love that I'm like this guy <laughs> but what I will say is I, I kind of understand John's point here because I remember the Viking Raiders as war machine yeah. and alright it's all well and good being able to do a bit of a comedy and stuff like that is great but you can do too much of it and yeah. you know like these, this, this has got the potential for the Viking Raiders either to go over huge with the crowd when the crowd comes back or for the crowd to be completely disinterested in them. That, that was, that was, I think that was the very first week they'd done it. It was the very first thing I buried because it was that basketball segment. And I was like, oh, I hate this, but they've won me over. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've became an absolute shell for it. The only, thing will, sorry, the only thing I will say on it is you could put the, the Street Profits doing anything on the telly and I'd watch it. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't and I think that's why I don't like private parties so much. <laughs> you can just love both. <laughs> nah, it's like it's like the old days when it was WWF and WCW and WW, WCW would do like a, a gimmick that WWE had done and you'd be like, that's fucking pound stretch or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it feels like to me. I just, I just don't like the fact of taking War Machine this... Absolute mammoth tag team. And I get, like, you, you've got to see a bit of that, but this this has got Vince McMahon kind of written, oh, take the big guys and make them do comedy, you know, and let's soften their characters up. When they, they don't need to do that, they should just be bowling over people but, and battering you know, people. And, oh. But do you not think that they were doing that? And they, they were, were the attraction that the independents were, like, so, you know what I mean? Like, when they got signed, it was freaking huge and everyone like lost their mind and then their just momentum just went boofed carrying on doing the same thing they were doing i think complete props to them they've taken this and they've ran with it and i for one i'm here for it <laughs> uh, you are so positive about everything man. i love it Jed. you're listen, Honestly, you, you could win me over on this you could win me over on this an anxious person ever well, sickens me, frankly. It fucking sickens me. <laughs> was there, what was your match tonight then, Gary? So I want to give an honourable mention and cheat again before I give my match of the night because the match of the night is an obvious one. Um, but my honourable mention, the Andrade-Garza-Owens match because the dynamics were all over the place, but it was just brilliant to watch. It was one of the triple threat matches that didn't feel disjointed. Something was always going on and it was amazing. But I need to land on Asuka Charlotte. I feel like it's just, if you put the, they two in the ring, I'm going to love it. And I absolutely did love it. I thought they were just 
brilliant as usual. The build-up for the tag team match earlier that I'd mentioned, um, I just thought they were great in the ring. Wasn't a fan of the ending, but I know why they've done it, and the match overall meant I didn't care less about the ending because it was just brilliant. Nice, and well done getting through your first Raw review in probably about three months without mentioning Drew McIntyre. Well done. <laughs> well done. I see, see what you're saying there, Gary, about... Uh, sorry, what was it you mentioned just before asking that? Uh, Garza Andrade, they had a, uh, a triple threat with Owens. See that, that stable? It's got potential pissing out here, man. Do you know what I would do with them? I would call them the cartel, right? And I would put them in suits and I would get somebody else and I would get... Is, who's the, who's the uh, Latina wrestler on NXT? Oh, Gonzalez. Yeah. Arena Gonzalez. Get her with them, so then you've got a women's wrestler as well, right? And just make them run roughshod, because that's money, man. I'm joking for them to turn Humberto Carrillo. Uh, he'll be saying he's amazing in the ring, but I don't really care about his character too much. Yeah. And he's Garza's real-life cousin. So I'm like, man, make him a heel and put him in there where Austin Theory was, and uh, that would be brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah. Aye, wait and see. With that staple, like, I think they're all, like, you're right, they are, there's, like, talent oozing out of it. But just now, the characters just aren't there for me at all. Like, what? it seems to, like, I'm just not, I'm not invested yet, but I can see that it could be. And I think something like that, like, going down that kind of gimmick route would be really cool. I'm a, I'm a big mark for stables, man. I'm a huge mark for stables. Everybody wants to be an NWO shirt. Really? <laughs> 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 well, that's it then. Thank you very much. I keep much. saying that when. Um... Oops, sorry, carry on, go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I keep saying it well, they remind me so much of the League of Nations where I thought they had amazing potential. But when I interviewed Seamus, asked him about it, and he's like, no, we were just set up to put uh, Roman Reigns over. Vince didn't really care about making us look like anything. I'm like, oh, that's depressing. The <laughs> that's not what I wanted to hear. There's another point on name drops uh, for you there, Gary. Generally, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate that. Been, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Wrestling Daft Podcast in a more positive place. In fact, for future Gary, we really, do, I think we only do one buddy from now on. You know, I think it's good, we're going to rename this the Jen Louise Rule, and it'll be <laughs> the put over buddy, put over, and we're only allowed to do one buddy now. Stimulations! We need to point out the fact that she ended on a negative. Did I? I don't like that stable. The characters aren't actually there for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, negative, Jen! I got you! Yes! <laughs> I'm like, quick, quick! Somebody tell me something nice about the world! Keep <laughs> 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 Lee! Keep Lee! <laughs> well, I said thanks very much for coming on, Jen Louise. Um, and remember, if you want to get your buddy and put overs for Rab and Gradle on the headline show, you can do that at Wrestling Daft on Twitter, Instagram, it's Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just plain old Wrestling Daft on Facebook. And you can get them in for Rab and Gradle for this Friday show. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, bad. The Wrestling Goose with Gary Cassidy. And Alex isn't I mean, here this week to screw his face up at that jingle. I was going to say it might be a combination of Toby being here and 
Alex not being here, but that might be the best uh, jingle and reaction to the jingle we've had. <laughs> Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So let's get through the wrestling news, what's been happening in the business, and it all is kicking off on Twitter as ever, and it's between Randy Orton and Tommaso Ciampa. Absolutely love it. So obviously Randy Orton, we know he is a wee bit of a troll on uh, Twitter and we love him for it. He's brilliant at it. Um, but he tweeted out about TakeOver, um, essentially said <laughs> uh, that there was, in the nicest possible way, a lot of uh, leg slapping going on. Uh, <laughs> nice wee subtle reference to the super kicks. Uh, I got the tweet here. Um, so it was held. Uh, takeover in your house was great. Slapping my leg for you guys, sincerely, and then hashtag <laughs> leg slap. Tommaso Champa, man, Champa. I think his response was one of the best responses I've ever seen to anything on Twitter, uh, particularly because we know of Randy Orton's methodical style that we always hear about, um, and it was. Champa said, my daughter has been having trouble sleeping. Luckily, I found a remedy. Randy Orton matches uh, better than NyQuil. Sincerely, an entire locker room who busted their asses. Uh, man, that's brilliant. Again, it's a kind of angle. You don't know if that will ever lead to anything. This is the, the one I'll stick a wee name drop in. When I was uh, on the call with Triple H, I asked him about call-ups. I mentioned a few names in particular. Uh, the main one was Velveteen Dream, but Tommaso Champa is somebody I think before he said, you know, he was an NXT lifer like Johnny Gargano. Recently in an interview, he said he was more open to moving to Raw SmackDown. Obviously, we don't know about, you know, when it gets to live events and stuff again. But this this could be a wee hint that, you you know, we might see a, a Champa Orton match down the line. Could lead to nothing. Probably a 90% chance it leads to nothing. But that wee 10% is really exciting considering just that one wee snippet of what we've seen for them. I, d- I did like his retort back to Champa. It's like... It uh, looks like uh, I hurt your feelings, the self-appointed locker room leader of the wrestling school. Let me to- know what time leg slap class starts. I can take my game to the next level. <laughs> you know full well, don't you? The, the next time Randy Orton does an RKO, he's going to leg slap on it. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, and talking of NXT and all that's going on, um, reports last week about Adam Cole could be on his way out, but that looks like it's BS. Aye, so I've been trying to find, I remember last year when NXT went live, I'm near certain there was something about Adam Cole signing a new contract. So I was shocked when these reports started coming up saying, oh, Adam Cole's on the way out, he's got no long left on his deal. I'm going, no, that's that's probably the furthest thing for the truth we can see. Um, but I, Peter Insider, have said that he's got 18 months left on his contract. Adam Cole uh, is going nowhere. If he was stupid, he is... The undisputed era of the hottest thing in WWE. You, you're right. a big mark for you, aren't you? <laughs> huge, huge, mate. Right. Yeah. And I'm telling you this, you know, you see if he was to fucking up sticks and leave, it would be the worst thing he'd ever done unless he was taking the other three with him. Yeah. Literally, the only reason I can see for him leaving would be potentially Britt Baker. But I think they're, I think they're fine being apart. I think they're better being apart, in all honesty, because they're both stars in their own right. Yeah. Uh, you didn't want you wouldn't want to mix them together because like Britt Baker is I, I mean she has been see the step up she's had over the last I don't know who she's working with or whatever but see over the last one all this stuff she's doing with like the the Britt Baker the Rolls Royce thing and just it's just 
gold, absolutely gold. I think, so, think it's got Billy Gunn written all over it, mate. Do you think so? I it's, she's yeah. been working with someone. I wasn't too sure if it was maybe Jericho, but Billy Gunn's a good shout, Chris. Actually, that's a really she also shout. works a lot with Dustin Rhodes. Um, I know, but I don't. I, that's one I didn't really see that part of the character work. But I know she works with him. But I think that might be more in ring stuff. Right, right. And uh, finally, ahead of backlash, we're all waiting for it. Forget Ricky's uh, Dragon Steamboat versus the Macho Man. Forget the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. The greatest wrestling match ever is happening this weekend at Backlash as Edge takes on Randy Orton. But Edge thought it was a bit of a laugh. Is that not right? Uh, so I think, you know, nobody in their, their right mind, I think, would think that this is the <laughs> the greatest wrestling match ever. The fact I've seen some might say, and even on the conference calls, that's what's ending the current conference calls, is them saying, oh, you know, many people are talking about it as the greatest wrestling match ever. You can't actually say that until the match has happened for a start. So I think yeah. everybody knows that nobody's taking it. The fact that they're actually doing it on conference calls and all that is Aye. that baffling. So they done it on the, I was on one with Drew and one with Lashley. They, done it on, they didn't do it with the Charlotte one because that was a takeover one, but the Drew one, his response was perfect. Uh, so they said, oh, you know, Edge versus Randy Orton might be the greatest wrestling match ever. What can we expect for your match with Lashley? And he was like, it'll just be the greatest fight ever. Um, we're just going to go in there and not glumps at each other. And if people like it, they like it. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Uh, and Lashley gave a kind of similar response where he was like, well, I've already heard Drew's comments. If you took the gloves off me, I could go in there and wreck absolutely anybody on that roster. And I'm like, at least they're playing up to it. Um, but the Edge comments, obviously he's been asked directly about it. And Edge, you know, the career he's had, the return he's had, he's not going to like dick about with his comments, is he? He's just going to say what he feels. And he said that initially he did think it was a joke. Um, so... I'm going to see if I can get the exact quote here. Um, I just laughed because I didn't think it was serious. Then I realized fairly quickly it was, and my reaction was, is this wise? Because anytime you say something's the greatest beforehand, uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. That is, you know, the kind of thing that I think everybody would agree with on this. I don't think even the biggest, you know, Edge or Randy Orton fan will say that this will be the greatest wrestling match ever. Both of them are amazing wrestlers. Both have brilliant storytelling, but I... It's an odd one. I'm excited for the match, but I'm just putting the tagline out of my mind when I think about it. Do you know what? I think this could be the greatest swerve ever. The match starts and Edge just spears him and it's one, two, three, boom. <laughs> that would be brilliant. I thought the opposite. I think Randy Orton's going to get yourself disqualified immediately and then they're just going to beat each other up and that will result in another match at SummerSlam or Extreme Rules or whatever. Maybe. The, the fact that they're building it as the greatest, it's got to be a huge swerve. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, that would be that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That would be pretty funny. Just an RKO, um, just you just flies bell rings RKO, boom, match. Hunters and slap super kicks. It's, it's going to be Hunters and knee slap super kicks. Definitely. <laughs> I, either they do that, or they're having the, they're out of the match, and then Brock Lesnar makes his comeback, saying you can't have the best wrestling match without the best wrestler, and oh, then it's a man. triple threat. Oh, there's a brilliant. listen. You're a fire ass booking the day to all of us. Love this. <laughs> And that is it for the news this week. Thank you very much, Gary. As I say in the barras, get your hats, your scarves, your badges. Uh, no, you can't get uh, any of that. In fact, you can get a hat at a Wrestling Daft merch store right now. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, with all the catchphrases from the show. You can get everything from chips, cheese and donor meat to Margaret, there's the fiend. 
I'm a wrestler, Tay, and I am wearing my I Am A Mark t-shirt today, which you can get there as well. And a brand new design when it was Alexa versus Grado. You can now get Alexa, who is Graham Steveley on that. And in tr- obviously, we've got a whole bunch of um, bum bags up there in tribute to the man himself. So you can get that all right now at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. We'll put all the links on our Facebook page and Twitter. And as it looks like, you know, we're all going to have to be wearing a face mask soon. You know, that, that rule's coming in that you're going to have to go to the shops wearing the face mask. I told you, and I told Rab and Grado this was coming. You can get your Wrestling Daft face mask up there. How'd you like them apples? So get your Wrestling Daft face mask. Look rest, COVID chic, as I would say, in the supermarket with your Wrestling Daft face mask. You can get that right now. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash Wrestling Daft. Whatever takes your fancy, buy it. Welcome once again to the beaches of Fancy Booking Island. On this island, anything goes as we imagine what could be in the world of wrestling. This week, it's myself again, because I get trolled at this every week. Uh, so I'm on Fancy Booking Island, and with me is Gary. But alas, alas, our compatriot, our colleague, Big Alex is missing. It was he won last week, so he got the chance to, to book this week. But he has sent a voice note. And do you want to hear what we are booking this week, Gary? Here we go. So in celebration of Adam Cole's 365-plus days as NXT champion, I'd like you boys to take it all away from him. And maybe throw in some bonus points there if you can think of a really, really original way to break up the Undisputed Era. So... Uh- Alex wants us to book Adam Cole and losing the title this week. Um, and you said that you would get bonus points if you can break up the Undisputed Era, which is not going to be popular with Chris Toole, who is already admitting to be a massive mark for the Undisputed Era. So this is how it works, Chris. Basically, me and Gary have got three minutes to book this, and you get to judge who, who's, who's got the best booking. Pretty simple. Pretty yeah, simple. Who first, then? Well, we usually we decide this by the flip of Gary's got his own merch. <laughs> Gary's got his own Gary Cassidy merch. And if Gary is the mark for himself is going to flip the merch badge. I'll, I'll have heads this week, Gary. And that's tails. Well, do I go first? Do I go first or second? Uh, I'll take first this time. I'll take first this time. Right, okay. Gives me time to scribble Aye, my I'll head take... down. Right, on you <laughs> go, mate. Start the timer, Chris. Your time starts now. So for me, this week, we've got Dexter Loomis versus Adam Cole set. Um, you know, Loomis they're doing the big build with. Uh, I think over the next few weeks, they might try and establish him as a contender. But for me, that's not the way it's going to go. Um, we're going to have Loomis get beaten down by the Undisputed Era. Velveteen Dream comes in to make the save. But they're still outnumbered. Who do they need? Finn Balor. Um, we've got Finn Balor coming back, and we've got Undisputed Era taking on those three. Obviously, only three members are Undisputed Era now because Kyle O'Reilly is not on TV. Um, Balor in that match is the man who gets the pinfall over Adam Cole. So he's like, well, why why, why should I not get a title match? Because I've pinned the champion. Cole keeps denying that Balor's a challenger, or you got lucky, or this nonsense. It was because we were in a tag team match. Um, we end up with those three kind of carrying on, or those six carrying on now rivalry. Um, 
ends up that we have Dexter Loomis and Velveteen Dream going up against each other because of some friction. So they're out the picture. They turn on one another. Gallus come over and uh, they team up with uh, Finn Balor to go against Undisputed Era, who by this point is all four of them back. So it's a four on four match. Yet again, Finn Balor gets the pinfall on Adam Cole, solidifies himself as a number one contender. William Regal goes, right, you've got the shot. Um, but the match, every time it happens, we get uh, Undisputed Era beating up Adam Cole. So William Regal's like, right, well, there's only one way to settle this. In the fight pit, we're bringing back the cage fight, the fight pit. Finn Balor comes out as Demon Finn Balor, wins the match, and then I'm even going so far as to after that, has a lengthy reign, turns heel, and the man he puts over is Karrion Cross in a Demon versus Karrion Cross match with Cross ending the Demon streak. Ooh. So, the undisputed era turn. I was cycling through them, going, would I have one of them turned on him? And I'm going, nah. They're too good. They're too right. good. Okay, okay, interesting. Still got 50 things to go. Oh, that's all right, that's all right. Ah, it's an after show dark match. A wee after show dark match. And then after that, Adam Cole goes to AEW and uh, no, no, I'll leave it there, I'll leave it there. Right, that's decent. I like what you did with this, and mine's written in the back of a fag packet. So here we go. Start that cop, Chris, and I'll give you mine. Okay, so we're going over over a few weeks here. The Undisputed Era are starting to get back you know, strong uh, O'Reilly and, and, and Fish. Things start happening to the Undisputed Era. One by one, accidents are happening. You know, it's very much that you're finding just the bodies lying there. And, you know, so you'll maybe start off with Bobby Fish is, is there, absolutely KO'd backstage, you know, maybe under, a, we could have a knockdown angle, we could have it under a door, we could have whatever. So that's happened to Bobby Fish. Then, Something starts happening, something happens to Kyle O'Reilly. However, there's evidence being planted at these scenes that are kind of puts pointing the finger a wee bit at Roderick Strong because during the, the matches and Adam Cole, there's, there's stuff going on as well. So this kind of evidence is pointing to, to, to Roddy, Roddy Strong, right? And Roddy's like, it's not me that's doing this. It's, this is absolutely not me. But then there's a bit of decisive evidence. Now, I'm not too sure what this is because this is written in the back of a fag packet. But there is a bit of decisive ed- evidence that basically leads to all fingers pointing at Roddy Strong, right? And they all beat up on Roddy Strong. All three of the undisputed here turn on Roddy. Bang, 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 right? Roddy's left in the middle of the ring, absolutely left on his arse. So that's this rivalry with, between Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, which ends and Roderick getting a title shot. Roderick goes on after pissed off. There's interference and stuff from the Undisputed Era, but Roddy goes on to, to, to win the title because uh, Velveteen Dream comes down and helps him out as well after the inter- interference from the Undisputed Era. So Roddy wins the title, standing in the ring with the title aloft after winning it off Cole, and Velveteen Dream comes in and says, it was actually me they did all that to the Undisputed Era. I left them all this evidence because he can't get a title shot at Adam Cole. So the belt is now on Roderick Strong. The other team, team steps up and says, I'm your number one contender. And Strong gets beaten for the title and the other team Dream gets it put on him. Oh, man. <laughs> I, think, I think we know who's won this one, don't we? I've got to go with producer John for yeah! this one. <laughs> 
happens a well happens a well thought out fucking episode of Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you know wow. what I like the most about it? Do you know what I like the most about it? It's the fact that it takes you back to that Roderick Strong uh, Dream, Dream Dream feud. Yeah. And that, that culminates two feuds in one go. There you go. There you Give go. Him the wow. book. Give him the book. <laughs> yes, I've got a book for next week. I can't believe oh. it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we've brought you big guests and which recently Scott Almighty Gary, you're on fire, Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle, Leo Rush. Diona Perazzo, we've had them all the last couple of weeks, and who do you bring us this week? Well, the person up until recently was the only superstar to be on every single WWE show going, uh, which is one of the things I asked them about. Well, not the current NXT champion. I was going to say current NXT women's champion. She just lost it to Ayo Shirai, but I'm sure it won't be too long before we see her with some weird gold around her waist, which was another thing I asked her about. I've got Charlotte Flair and the two questions that I put to her. One was um, what she felt her role was being on all three shows for so long. And the second one was with Tessa Blanchard winning the Impact World Championship, might Charlotte Flair set her sights on a predominantly male championship? So that's what we've got in man she was on form as always. And here are Gary's two questions which made all the wrestling press right across the world. Here he is again in his element with Charlotte Flair and dropping another name for another time. Hi Charlotte, how are you today? I'm good, sir. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. Um, so last time we spoke, I asked you about um, what we'll call a myth about you winning too many matches or being too strongly pushed. And you told me the reason that uh, that criticism came up was because people didn't have the chance to miss you. Um, so, of course, I love the initial SmackDown promo you said about being brought in because the people want more Charlotte Flair. Um, now it seems like you're the hardest... <laughs> now it seems like you're the hardest working superstar in WWE because you're on all three brands. Um, I want to ask, what do you see your role as currently in WWE and how did you end up being on all three brands? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I don't know how I ended up. I just, like we talked before, I really do think that my consistency is also a detriment to people missing me. Like, I think I am doing some of my best work of my career right now promo-wise and ring-wise, but because people see me all the time, I just don't think it's not, like, they're used to it, and the expectation is so high, and it's it's so frustrating, because it's like, well, what, am I not supposed to be hungry? Am I not supposed to, you know, always want to be on top? Am I not supposed to be fighting, you know, to get better? So, I don't know. It's like a catch-22. I think the biggest thing for me is, Yes, I'm on all three brands, but if you look at my storylines that I am a part of, I'm a part of someone else's storyline. It's not like anything is a Charlotte Flair push. Like, there's nothing that I'm just put, because I can basically do anything and everything they ask. Like, going to SmackDown was not for me. That's not a push. 
coming to SmackDown. So, currently, I am just all over the place, brand-wise, because I am the hardest worker, and I will say that, for the women. I, I've been going straight for six years, and, you know, I don't know, it's just, I like getting better, I like being at work, this is a lot, like, my job, I, I love it. I don't want to go away. <laughs> but it, it is frustrating because I think people take the growth and my work, you know, for granted because they see it all the time. It's not like, oh, man, I really, like, I don't, it, it's hard. I, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Excellent. And I'd one quick follow-up, if it's okay. Um, obviously, you've done a, a lot in terms of winning championships, Someone you've mentioned personally in a lot of interviews is uh, Tessa Blanchard, who holds what was previously mainly known as a male championship and a world championship. Is that something you ever see yourself trying to pursue or do personally? Uh, something that I want to pursue, but if you look at the big picture, when women are succeeding in different organizations or around the world, we're all succeeding. And we're all winning from that. So for her to hold that accolade is just, we should support and be just extremely proud as a woman to see her do that. And Because when one's doing well, we're all doing well. Um, and that's, you know, what has pretty much driven the women's evolution is we work better in numbers. So um, it's not something that I think about right now, but... I couldn't be more proud and happy for what she's doing for women around the world. Excellent. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. So that's it for this week's show, just about. Just let's have a wee look on our pay-per-view this weekend. They seem to be coming left, right and centre at the moment, pay-per-views. But it is the WWE's big pay-per-view, Backlash, which is always a bit strange because this should be the pay-per-view that falls WrestleMania for me and not Money in the Bank because it's a Backlash. But... Hey ho, we're here after Money in the Bank. Um, looking at the cards, let's run through, get some predictions quickly. Uh, Seamus, Jeff Hardy. For me, uh, Jeff Hardy. I want Seamus to win, but I'm a big mark for Seamus, so that's why I want him to win. <laughs> Seamus. Paul Cruz, Andrade. Andrade. Andrade? Paul. Right, um, no, they won't take the belt off of Paul Cruz at the moment. Screw finish. Screw finish. Maybe. I Garza it cost him after the friction. It's got it to be. Maybe. It's got to be Garza it cost him. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Nikki Cross and Alex Bliss versus the Iconics for the Tag Team Champs. Right. I think the Iconics. I agree. That's the only reason why they put the belts on Bailey and Sasha. It gets the Iconics over, and it also furthers them their breakup kind of thing. Yeah. Gary. I'm agreed on that one as well. Iconics for me as well. Greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> Edge versus Orton. Who's winning it? The, the fans will be the winners. <laughs> 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 yeah. Gary. I, 
Randy Orton for me just to set up a rubber match, but I don't know yeah. what they can do next. <laughs> I don't know what they can do to blow that that's, up. Apparently that's yeah, that, mad, that mad triple caging. <laughs> apparently that's right, all been recorded already in the match, so it'll be interesting. Aye, aye, that one's... Are they doing a production on it? I don't know, are they, are they doing what, a production no. on it, Gary? Um, so, I know that it's been recorded already, but apparently a fair few of the Backlash matches have. Uh, right. I know the Drew one wasn't he, um, but I don't know about any of the other ones. Edge v Orton, I, I know they recorded it, but I don't think it's a cinematic match. Right. Okay. Just because of the nature of it, but I do think they're probably going to heavily edit it to, yeah. to make it look the part, but I don't think it'll be cinematic. Yeah. Not, not too sure on that okay. though. Oh, I need time. to put myself over because I did see uh, Car Park for the backlot brawl uh, last week, so I need to put yeah, myself yeah. over for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oscar versus Nia Jax. Asuka. Asuka. Uh, can't see Mama. Now, Asuka forever. Ask <laughs> uh, Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison for the Universal Champ. This is interesting to me, this one. Because Miz and Morrison, for me, are they're brilliant together. They're excellent together. They're really funny. Um, but they're both obviously good wrestlers. And having the both of them as a WWE Champion at the one time is going to... Honestly, it's, it's, they need to do it for me. They need to do it. There's no reason for them not to do it because everybody knows Braun Strowman's a big monster so you don't need to have him being the big monster and squashing two upper carb guys at one go that 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 kills them but the only good thing that comes of that is then they can facilitate their split up down the, down the line where they're then going to get Miz versus Morrison which will be yeah. brilliant I think that would be I think it'd be a really good booking and um, does the Fiend maybe get involved then to, to make that happen or I think I've got a feeling that this one, so I, I, I said before, I think the genius of this match is if you think back to Braun Strowman with the Intercontinental title, he lost the title in a handicap match. So the booking of this one, I think they've done it perfectly where it's like, why would the heels no choose to go to on one win? But I've got a feeling Braun Strowman wins and then the Fiend comes out and we get the inevitable Fiend-Braun Strowman match right. down the line. I know, that's very true. Um, McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. I'm in two. I'm going. I'm going. I'm in two minds now. Right. I want three to one. Right. But with the best one in the world, there needs to be a positive African American story. Aye. Right. And I think that there's a chance that they might put the belt on Bobby Lashley purely for that fact. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. Right. Because he's a brilliant wrestler. Um, the whole Lana thing didn't really work for me, but putting him the MVP has been a, it's a good fit so far. You know, he's kind of got that, his own kind of Paul Heyman to an extent, you know what I mean? Somebody that can talk really well, whereas Lashley's never really been known for his mic skills, has he? You know, so I think going into this, I would love to see Drew win, but it wouldn't surprise me if Lashley gets the title. Gary. So I'm I'm agreeing with all here, but I've I've got two reasons. The one is obviously the positive African American story that would be brilliant right now. It's incredibly timely for me. The storyline here, I think they've been amazing. I don't think this can be a one and done between Lashley and Drew. And if they think there's a chance we might get crowds back in the building, man, get the title off Drew. Have Drew chasing Lashley, and then have Drew win the title again in front of a big crowd against a dominant Lashley. That for me would be brilliant. I, I said that, remember John, when I was on the show the yeah, last time? Yeah. I said, that if it's what they need to do is they need to, if they put the belt on Drew at WrestleMania, they need to take it off and pretty quickly. 
and then build them to SummerSlam. Yeah. So that he gets that, that goal with, you know, the, the momentum the moment, going the big, behind right. him, holding the belt up. All right, it's no WrestleMania, but it is the next best thing. You know? I think that's a really good shout from you boys. I think that's a really good shout. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a great shout. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's it for this week's show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Remember, we go twice a week, Rab and Grado, on this Friday. And I just had confirmation of the guest from Grado. He has actually texted me. Uh, Sammy Callahan will be on the show Ooh. this Friday. Uh, so he is superb. He is absolutely superb. Looking forward to that. It should be a good one for that. So he'll be on the show. Um, remember, you can get us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Buy your merch, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Before we go, the list of wrestling daft this week, Rab and Grado, is going to be, drum roll, the greatest heels ever. Who are the greatest heels ever? Who's for you, Gary, is the greatest heel ever? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I don't know if we've seen it yet because, you know, we've been talking about Baron Corbin, we've been talking about MJF. They, they are people that don't really veer away from a heel character. And I feel like almost everybody in wrestling has, has veered away from a heel character. Yeah. For me, I'm going to go for a recent one. Um, I think there's nobody better at being a heel. Oh man, actually, I'm already talking myself out here. <laughs> I was going to, I was going <laughs> to, right, I'm actually switching it. I was going to go for either Alexa Bliss or Kevin Owens, but for me, I think Paul Heyman, just because the way he talks up Brock Lesnar as a heel, and obviously Brock Lesnar's a big part of that as well, and the way that he sells, I think he sells perfectly as a heel, but for me, Paul Heyman, I don't think anybody can talk the talk as a heel better than Paul Heyman. I don't, uh, I don't think I don't think that this is even a discussion. The greatest heel ever is Vince McMahon. <laughs> Man, th- that is brilliant. Yeah, I think I don't think there'll be many people arguing. I'm knowing <laughs> Rab, Rab picks the list. Rab will have the Miz as number one. I can guarantee. No, uh, that. Rab's going to Rab's going to have Tommy end. I, <laughs> I, I will wait and see what Rab, Rab will, or it'll be some mad Japanese person that we've never heard uh, of. I'll be number I know one. this is it. <laughs> so yeah, I brilliant. It, Chris, thanks so much for coming on in the. Oh man, I've enjoyed it. It's been a nice wee deviation for the football, mate. (laughs) Aye, aye, exactly. Get to talk about wrestling. So, uh, thanks for listening. Do all that sort of stuff. And until next time, um, what is my catchphrase again? I've said it once. Marking out or something? Is it no? I know. Is it no? Going buy a t-shirt or some shit or something? Go buy a shit bag. Was last week. (laughs) Until next week. We'll be marking out buy, the same time Buy a time t-shirt, shite bag if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> everybody everybody <laughs> rises to that part of don't they? Shite bag, I'm not a shite yeah. bag! <laughs> Go buy a t-shirt, don't be a shite bag. Um, we'll see you in the marks next time. Audio Frontier.